It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey man, we're going to get started with our Bible study on this evening. We thank and praise God for another day that He has given us. We thank Him for life, health, and strength. Each and every day, we are constantly losing people. We're constantly losing things. But God's grace and mercy is so bountiful towards us. And we just thank and praise God for it. We're praying this morning. We're praying this evening. For all of our sisters and brothers that um, are absent on today, we're praying that God will be with them and will bring them to the place and they will come to realize how important it is for them to know the word of God. Father, we thank you, we praise you, Lord, we glorify you, we magnify your holy name. Lord, we lift you up because you are an awesome God, your great Father, your merciful Lord. Now, Lord, we'll be asking as we begin to study the blessing that you would open up our understanding that you would speak to us and speak through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as we resume studying the prayer of Jabez, um, <clears throat> I, I, I thought about some things as I was kind of preparing um, the lesson for tonight about what we would discuss. And I thought about it. I said, you know, if you, if you are praying this prayer, enlarge my territory, what would be territory to you? What would you consider? What would you think about when you say territory? Um, as we study, we'll, we'll see that Jabez is talking about um, land and perimeter uh, in which he lived because during biblical times, and even some today, your the ideology of how people think about you was based on what you had. So if you had a lot of land, it was just you were thought of to be wealthy. As believers, we should have things, but we shouldn't have them just for ourselves. Um, we have them to help benefit the kingdom. And so as Jabez prayed, enlarge my territory, that particular statement um, wasn't a statement of selfishness, but it was a statement that said, I want to be able to help others. I want to be able to give more back. Um, my mother bore me in pain, and she had a thought about me that was not necessarily positive or productive, you know. And I've heard people um, say, you know, my mother never thought I was ever not enough. My mother always said I was dumb. My mother always said I was this, that, or the other. And I would believe that this is how this young man perceived what his mother gave him, you know, the vibes and the, the nurturing that she gave him. This is how he perceived it, like she felt like he was never going to be accomplished or he was never going to be successful at anything. So he decided to uh, join himself as many, and as I'm thinking about this and I'm going, I'm thinking about kids who grow up in very hard situations, very complex lifestyles, how they seem to succeed a lot of times because they don't just hold on to what is being given to them from their family. They grasp something beyond what they might understand. They reach beyond the break, so to speak, so that they can move forward, 
It was like, okay, my family don't necessarily have a lot of love for me. They don't necessarily encourage me uh, to move forward. So I got to find something to hold on to. Sometimes it's a, it's a person. Um, there, um, if you go back in history, you can find where there have been teachers that have instilled certain things in students that have been a, uh, a stepping stone to help propel them to move farther, to work harder. Or it might have been a mentor. Or it might have been somebody that, uh, somebody's parent down the street. But somebody gave them something to hold on to, gave them some hope. Jabez's hope was in God, the God of Israel. So he knew that he had a place for hope, and it was just a matter of him attaching himself to that hope. We have the same hope today, but we have to attach ourselves to the hope. And we don't attach ourselves to it. We're just like, okay, whatever. So we just out here tossing to it for like a fish out of water sometimes, just flipping and flopping, don't know really which way to go and or what to do. But if we attach ourselves to that hope, when you attach to the hope, the hope allows you to dream. It allows you to have vision. It allows you not to look at the water that you're standing in, but look past the water because you know that there's greater. You know that there's a better place. You know, it's like I'm right here now. This is what my circumstances may be, but this is not what my circumstances are going to always be because I have a hope and a higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah, um, we too owe that you would enlarge my territory, and that's why I kind of started out talking about territory because that's pretty much the focus of this particular part, Um, opening up with saying we were born for more. We were born for more, not just to be uh, people as usual, not just business as usual. You know, you, you hear stories about, missionaries that do things that don't necessarily go outside of the country, but they do things that are just right within their local area. You know, I can remember as a kid, and I'll never forget this, men and women on the bus preaching. And I see like, oh, my God, cover my head up and like, don't look at me because you may be able to see that sign on my face that says I go to church. And it seemed like they were always coming and talk to me.
this is all that they have. You don't know that they're right at the brink of jumping off the edge of the world because they just feel like things are never going to get better for them. Don't, we don't realize how many people's lives we change that few moments that it takes for them to come into that door and see those bags and a warm conversation, a smile, a hug. That's why it's so important because it's not about you, but it's about him. And your work that you do, you want to please him. But as you please him, guess what? He's going to filter right into you. You understand? So it's, it's like you, you give to the people, and as you give to God's people, God is showering down on you. You know? And so when he, he talks about enlarging a territory, he talks about being bored for more than this. We're not born to just live and have a joyous life in our own space, but we are born to be builders in God's kingdom. And so how do you build God's kingdom? Through serving Now, 
becomes more responsibility for you. Okay? When you're just a team leader, let's say working like uh, I used to work at Brown's Chicken, when you're just a team leader, you have one level of responsibility. But when you move from a team leader to a manager, there's more responsibility, there's more that you're responsible for. So, therefore, there's more expectation from you. Okay? And you can't just be a manager and, a, and be on a selfish level because, like, I came, I was at work, I did my eight hours, and I'm done. No, as a manager, you manage the whole store. So the eight hours that you were there, everything that has to deal with that store has to be in line. So if it's not in line, it falls on you. As the person who has done what needs to be done. But it's the same thing in the kingdom. You know, first you just, you know, you just, you know, you're going to church, I just love the boy. You know, but then you realize that you were born for more than that. And then God starts giving you assignments. You're responsible for that assignment. That assignment is at your hand. So, therefore, you got to do all that you can to make certain that the assignment is done to the best of your ability, even if it means that your assignment is to oversee somebody else doing their assignment. That's Um, As we move up, the more responsibility comes comes upon us, as God elevates us, not only does it come with more responsibility, it comes with more attack. Because the more you try to do what's right, the more the enemy wants to derail you and keep you from doing what's right. But as you get more attacked, because when, when you get more responsibility, you get more attacked, but you also get more power from God. So that's when you begin to utilize what you have learned. Okay? Because you don't, you don't just go from being a team leader to a manager without going through a training process. You have more knowledge. So same thing in the kingdom. You don't go through just being a pew member and you're a pew member and God begins to elevate you to a position. You during this time you gain the more knowledge before you get to that position. So as you gain that knowledge, that knowledge is a building of weaponry, of warfare tools for you to utilize. So when you get here, you get your bullets in your gun. They run around like bright fights. I was riding the bus, 
during this time when we were still living in the city. And uh, I was, I don't know where I was, I was doing tutoring, though. And for some reason, we I, we didn't have a second car. And so I was on the bus. And so I decided one day, as I was getting ready to go to work, that I would give away candy bars. So I sat down at the table, and I got these candy bars out, and I wrote I, on the sticky paper, I wrote notes like, smile, God loves you. He has forgotten you. Just little, whatever little thought came to my mind, I wrote it on these candy bars. And as I got on the bus, I was giving them away. And so I was like, oh, how much are they? I said, they're free. And then I was like, for real? But I'll never forget the one person. I got on the Ashland bus on 95th Street because I was on my way to uh, about 78th and Ashland at that daycare center. That's where I was working at that time. And I got on the bus on 95th Street, and I gave the lady candy, and she was like, thank you so much. She said, I was having such a hard day. And I thought nobody cared about me. And I was like, wow. That was the best. Now, mind you, I had given away probably 50 candy bars prior to that. But when I got to that one lady, that was the best. And when I did, after I did it, it was easy. And so even now when I go to work, sometimes I go to work and I, I take stuff that we've gotten from the giveaway candy or whatever. I write little notes on it. And for different people, I just put it in their mailbox. I just give stuff because, you know, based on how I feel at that particular time, you know, the Lord may put someone on my heart and I just send them something and I just, you know, and it's very easy when you're there and they got the mailbox. I don't have to see you face-to-face or I put it on your desk or whatever. And when they, when they come back, a lot of times there are people who are in the position that need a touch from God at that time. And any little touch makes a great difference in their life. And it's not about me. It's not so that I can get accolades for it, but it's just that I get such a joy when I've been able to bless somebody. You know, and then that, that gives me the reassurance and the confidence. I know God's going to take care of me because I try to take care of his people, you know. So I try to do good by him, so I know that he's going to do good by me. David has lived in a healthy, proactive mode, and that's, what, that's the type of attitude we have to have. We have to be proactive, not reactive, not wait till something happens and then deal with it, but be proactive before it comes. And that's why we spend time in prayer. Because if you spend time in prayer, God will give you wisdom. He'll drop little things, little thoughts in your mind. He'll put people on your mind and on your heart for a particular reason. I often try to do this when the Lord puts someone in my mind or on my heart. I often will stop and just try to say a prayer for that person. I don't know what it is or why God has that particular person on my mind, but I, I just try to say a prayer for them. You know, and I thank God for text messages because I'm not, I'm really not a big phone person. And they, I just like hate holding that phone up to my head. I just be wanting to call people sometimes. I just like, oh, but I love text messages. So I'm sending you a text message. I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. Very quick and simple. That means we don't have to have a lot of extra conversation. If you call me now, anytime you call me, well, I can talk to you. I can hold down some conversation if you call me. But I may not necessarily call you. It don't mean that I don't love you. I don't care about you. It's just that I just am not a person that likes to be done with picking up the phone. But when you owe my heart and on my man, I may send you a text You know, or I may just whisper a prayer on your behalf. Simply because the Lord has laid you in my heart. And that's how we have to be. Be proactive. Don't wait until something happens. Be like, oh, I knew it. I was thinking about her yesterday. That's how you should have called. You know, now we react and act in the same. But be proactive. And as believers, we 
want to be proactive because we spend time with the Lord. Or when we spend time with him, he'll let us know who we talk to the Lord. They don't know who that is. Sometimes we don't react, we don't do what he tells us to do, but he can tell us who you are then, here is them, for a reason. Because he knows that that person has lead us. And he knows that he has equipped us to be able to fulfill that particular need. Just to answer. So we're just here temporary anyway. 
all of us have an expiration date on our lives. And when that expiration date comes, as believers and family members of believers, we accept the date. Does it take away the pain? No. Does it change the fact that I really wish mom could be here? No. But as a believer, I know mama had to live the time that God allotted for her to live. And now that she's done it, it's okay. And guess what? I got the same thing. And when it's done, it's okay. Because guess what? Those of us that die in the Lord, we shall live again. We'll see our, our loved ones that die in the Lord and the great by and by. So we can look forward to that. Um, any, any thoughts before I go on? Um, let's go on over to the territory inventory. <laughs> Did anybody do it in advance? Oh, y'all did it already, okay. All right. So, again, as I said earlier, this is when you do the territory, when you do these little inventories, it's just a personal look at yourself. I don't even think we, I really want us to share them as much as I want you to look at yourself. Because when you look at yourself for real and you realize the real you, then you can help to change or fix whatever is not necessarily uh, lining up with the word of God. Um, it talks about are you, you if you're at which level, are you eager to take new territory for God? Sometimes we're not ready yet. And it's okay not to be ready. But as, since you're not ready at this moment, you still should be working on getting ready to do more for the kingdom. Um, if you're 16 to 20, it says you're checking some of the travel brochures. You know, like sometimes we we sometimes we don't want people don't want to go to the next level because I'm not going to deal with the next level of issues. I'm okay and I'm comfortable here. And if that's where you are, it's okay too. That's the choice that you choose. Okay. Um. Then the next one says you're not opposed to a walk around the block, you know. You're not against it, but you're not necessarily, like, looking forward to it, you know. But whatever level you are at that you find yourself at, then you decide where do you want to go. Do I want to move forward? Do I want more? Or am I just going to stay comfortable right here? Again, you Comes with being a preacher. 
Um, I often would tell young ministers, they, the Lord called them, if the Lord to preach, and when I am coming up, a lot of young men, a lot of young men and women that were part of my age group in our old church, a lot of them didn't come back. But the moment that they became ministers, they thought some of them thought they were going to be pastors too. God didn't call everybody to the pastor. You know, some people he called just to be ministers, and it's okay just to be a minister. Some of them took on the role of pastor, you know, and, and uh, they took on the role for whatever reason or whatever that they decided to do. So, but I often tell people that it's not an easy role to walk. So going back to the, to the restaurant manager, when you're at the pastor level, you're responsible for everybody. And you've got to try to get everybody to do their job. And everybody don't always do their job. So guess what? If the job is not complete, then it's not for you to do it. You know, so you want to be the pastor because of the title of pastor or because of what you think the glamour of pastor is. You don't understand. If all the tracks of the train is not on the track, you got to get them on the track. You know, and if they not, if you don't have nobody to help you get them on the track, guess what? You got to learn the track yourself. So it, it's not um, the the major glory thing that sometimes we think of. It comes with a lot of responsibility. If you are a bench warmer, you may not have a lot of responsibility. But boundary busters, we have responsibility. We have responsibility in the kingdom. Okay? You have a responsibility. And then, again, you have a choice of where you want to stand. Do you want to just be a bench warmer? It's okay, you know. Or do you want to do more for the kingdom? You know, i got news for you. I believe, and this is Lena thinking, if you want more from Christ, you might want to do more for him. Because it's a relationship. Like any other relationship. Honey can't ask me to cook. Honey ain't doing some stuff like I want honey to do. Like, that don't work out. Like, you always want me to cook, but you don't ever want to take me to the stove, you know, or whatever. You know, so you, it, it's a relationship. You know, and God, I don't think God thinks like that, but this is from human thinking. You would say that if I want more from you, then I should try to keep you more. Absolutely. It can. And, and you know, again, like I said, people, um, a lot of times when they jump out here, they go to that level, but they don't realize all of it that comes along with it. This is like a parent. When you have your kids, you have a whole bunch of kids, and you have some of them that's going to go the right way, and some of them are going to do what they want to do. Some of them are going to be in between. You know, some of them will try to fool you like, yeah, I love the Lord. You know, and then they go home and do whatever else. You know what I'm saying? So you got all of this mixture, you know. And then, God forbid, you give them assignments and you, did you complete your assignment? No. Okay. So the pressure of that assignment not being complete, then it falls on you, you know. And so it, it's a work, you know, and you have to be really made for the work, and then you have to be willing to take on what the work is. All the time, it does not come with a lot of ice cream and cake. Sometimes you got some vinegar, some lemons that go along with the game. But through it all, the good days outweigh the bad days. Because what you do, you're not doing it unto man, but you're doing it unto God. And because of your faithfulness and your commitment, and that's when at any level, 
be a, a, a buster or whatever level you may be on, when you're faithful and you're committed to the cause of the kingdom, God will not leave you after naked. Amen. Um, let's move on. What does territory mean and where is mine? Could someone read that key for me? 24. Okay, so our territory um, spans through our family, our church, our business, our school, or our community. So God wants to give us more. It's really important for us to uh, work so hard to be uh, as righteous as we possibly can. Living a holy and righteous life, living an honest life, based on what God. Um, when it comes to um, 
dealing with some situations within the family, I have to ask God to tell me what to say. Present the opportunity for it to be said and allow it to be received in the love in which I'm given. So when I tell you that I don't like the way you treat my kids, I don't want to tell you that I don't like the way you treat my kids and you feel like I'm on my kids' side. Okay. Um, I want you to understand that I'm I'm not on anybody's side. I'm on the side of right and righteousness. So if my child is the one that's wrong, you know, I come to them however I want to because I don't raise them up already. So they know me. But if it's the in-law child, then I have to ask God how to handle it so that I deal with it in a manner that is pleasing to God, okay, that he gets the point across. Same thing with, the, with my workplace, with the people I work with. Um, we have a little situation with one student who uh, we, we just doing this little special work for him. Um, and, and um, you know, and so I'm not necessarily comfortable with it. And so they say to me, say, well, you know, why he don't fight you? He's young, he attacks the other two, but because of, uh, violence don't work in my DNA. It just doesn't work. And so today, of course, first day back at work, you know, he was in his little whatever, whatever, and he was attacking, and he was attacking, and I'm just like, stop. Yeah, so you know what, boy, stop and sit down. At that point, I was ready to go to the next level. What did he do? He stopped, he sat down, and he did not attack anyone else. But all morning long, no, no, stop, don't do that, no, stop. Get back. No. Fine. I'm not playing with you. Plain and simple. You know, but even in that, dealing with, I have to be mindful of my words and that I, what I would say, I want it to be stern. I want you to know I mean what I say, and I need you to move when I speak. That's it. Because in my culture, that's how we operate. And so, um, in all things, in every area of your life, you have to be mindful because you have to remember that you're the only Bible that, well, you're the Bible that people see before they actually read the Word. A lot of people never read the Word. So you're that Bible. So when you communicate, how are you communicating? Are you communicating in love? Are you communicating um, gracefully, you know? Give me a point across. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't correct folks. There's correction is needed in life. But are you doing it in a manner that brings glory to God, but also lets the person say, hmm, mama ain't playing. You know. I thank God because in doing that, in the years that I've had um, married children, I've been able to have very successful relationship with three out of Two out of three. I don't think that's too bad. <laughs> and the third one is just that we just haven't been able to really build a relationship, period. But two out of three, I think I've got three that I'm, I have no problem when I speak everything close because it's understood already that I'm not speaking biasly, loving my child and dissing you. But I'm speaking right and righteousness on the, on the surface for everybody. You know, because I tell my kids, you can't do this. That that does not, that's not 
when you, it goes on to number one, and it talks about listing um, areas of influence. Have you thought about places where you have influence? Um, church, your work, um, your family. And I, as I thought about it, when I was doing my little my list, I thought about a couple of people that I just I ten. My goal is to work on this month in bringing a better, forming a better relationship, and showing them more Christ. And, you know, I was able to pick, like from work, I was able to pick two young ladies that just, as I was reading this, they immediately came to mind. How can I be a better influence? You know, it may be somebody that lives in your community. It may be a neighbor. It may be um, somebody who sees you, you ride the bus on a regular basis. You may see the same driver or whatever. You know, plan to intentionally expand your territory. Say, okay, Lord, where can I expand my character? Who can I be this special light to to help bring them to a better relationship with you? Even if it's nothing but bringing them to a point that they become uh, from being bitter to being more kinder. You know, and then plan how can you uh, execute bringing them to a closer relationship? You know, and without knowing it, I, I, I started before we went on our Christmas break. Because I gave everybody that's in my work group a gift. Everybody. Gave everybody a gift. Intentionally. Even people who don't speak. I intentionally gave them gifts. You know, and I took it to a Merry Christmas. I intentionally. What does that say? I'm showing the love of God. You know, so when I speak to you or when I say something to you, what choice do you have but to try to be a little nice? Rather you, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And so we intentionally, as believers, we need to intentionally share God's word. And just think about it. If you do five people, you do five people, you do five people, I do five people, that's 20 people already. That's 20 people that will cause change in the area that we see. And if they could do them, each each of our five people do five people. Do you see how the love of God will begin to expand in our country, in our city? As the love of God expands, then guess what happens? The crime and the violence and the hatred has to go down because God's love and that stuff can't reign in the same place. So you touch the lives of five people and impress upon them to begin to love God more.
Number two says, describe how you feel about the size and the scope of your territory right now. If God enlarged it today, where would you wish he would start and why? He wants to enlarge your territory today. He come down and he says, Teresa, I got a plan. You want your territory enlarged. Where do you want to start? Where would you like to begin to share the love of God in your life? Where do you want to begin lighten up the world? So that's what we are. We're light. You know? We're children of light. So we share light. When we go, you know, darkness sleeps. Light comes in. I got some family members that I just love to impress upon them to love God more than our grandparents did. Because our grandparents love God. You know. And so I will, I wish that like some of my cousins you know, from the family the side of the family who where the young man was still not long ago, if I could get them to love God as much as grandma did or more. I want to see it. But it all has a purpose. It all works together. 
okay, this is my circle, these are my people, okay, Lord, who is it that I need to share more of your love with? Who is it need to know you better? Who is it need to change? Because you can look at people and say, oh, yes, you need to change, you need to change, but then you're standing in judgment. Because if you're standing in judgment, remember the Bible says, judge not let ye be judged. So you're looking for your human critical eye that says, this person needs to be saved. They ain't living right for God. And that's not where you want to be because you're asking God to enlarge your territory. But you're allowing God to step in and lead you. Because who needs that what you have already in her? Who is it I can give it to? Not me to know who to give it to. As I was writing down my, my statement, the Lord the two ladies that I have wrote in my book, the Lord literally dropped them in my mind. Okay. They're not people I talk to every day. Well, I know that was God. You understand what I'm saying? They're not people that I spend a lot of time with. Because one of them, she worked on the other end with a little big I worked with a adult. So it's not that. You know, we don't even come in the same door at the same time. We don't have one ever together. So I know that this is what God was saying to me. Mm-hmm. 
take some confidence. Yeah, she's going to tell you to talk to people. She's going to tell you to connect with people. She's going to tell you to go to certain groups and different things. And that's out of your comfort zone. And when you get out of your comfort zone, Everybody 
everybody wants to be connected to you. Because sometimes it's just hard for people to accept you right where you are. They can't see past you as an individual. You know, so we're striving to enlarge our territory. Number three says, how does the pattern match up with Jesus' plan for the early church as described in Acts 1 and 8? And we're going to look at that in real quick. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Message Bible says, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. So, again, you're not working, you're not asking for this enlarged territory for you to do the work alone. You're asking him to enlarge your territory. As he enlarges your territory, you're going to use him and his His uh, wisdom to order your steps into work. Okay? So he's going to take you to the floor plant, because he's the owner, and he's going to tell you how to put on the car. Now go go ahead and say you know because you know you've seen a car before. But the four cars may be different from the real car. They may look like, but they part the difference. You know? So God is going to take you and he's going to place you there and he's going to fill you how to minister to serve the group that you have. Now depression, don't lie here. And you say you're weak because they're pulling on you. If you're weak, you've got a choice. You want to use what's already here. Tell her, say, Hey, hey Lord, I know the gift that you have given me, but you can use it. But it'll lie dormant. Why don't you be overwhelmed and not exasperated because the gift that he's given me, I'm not using Amen. Yeah. 
down right here. Any other thoughts and ideas before we move on? <laughs> Any other thoughts or ideas before we move on? We will have book club on uh, Friday night. Okay. That be all. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name that I be on. Father, we come again this evening, thanking and praising you, O oh Lord, for your word. We thank you, O oh God, for this lesson. God, we thank you that you are enlarging our territory. Father God, that you're giving us wisdom, O oh God. That you're teaching us how to serve, O oh God, at the next level in which you are taking us to. Now, Lord, as we depart from this place but never from your presence, we ask that you will walk with us, ride with us, keep us until we come together again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those of you that are listening on talk show, we thank you for sharing this time with us. We ask that you would continue to share with us at 5 a.m. in the morning for our early morning prayer. God bless you.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.